0: Welcome back to Chunky Glasses the Podcast. I am your host and guide, uh, Kevin, as usual. Uh, this is episode number 109. I'm gonna keep this short and sweet because uh, we got it's jam-packed uh, with news, album reviews, and more. Uh First up, we're going to be talking about some uh, Kanye West. He's He was announced that he's going to be headlining Glastonbury. And now uh, a petition has popped up online. 90,000 strong uh, of people that really, really don't want Mr. West uh, at their festival. So we're going to talk about that and really festivals in general and, and how they've grown or not so much grown over the years. Uh, after that, uh, we're going to be talking about an album from a Boston band named Pile. Uh, that album is... You're Better Than This uh, is one of Quinn's favorites. Uh, So Quinn's going to be joining us on that along with Carrie and Matt Condon, who, uh, if you have been following the site, he he handles our live stuff right now, and uh, he's a photographer and a writer and just doing a bang-up job. So he came down to the basement uh, to talk with us about this album and also uh, Riley Walker's upcoming album. Uh, primrose Green. Uh, funny thing about the Primrose Green. Um, I uh, sometimes I get my release dates mixed up. This time, uh, I, I think I definitely did, unless they changed it. Uh, had it scheduled for to be coming out the day you would be listening to this, which is tomorrow. Uh, or Tuesday, and it uh, turns out it comes out the 31st. You know, we like, we like for a variety of reasons, we like to have the album out uh, at the same time as the podcast, mainly so you can listen to the album and then sort of decide for yourself and, and listen to us talk about it and hopefully, you know, guide you through it, maybe, you know, somebody to commiserate if you didn't like the album, somebody to, you know, you're like, yeah, they really thought the same things that I did, so... Uh, for for podcast freaks or are into this kind of show. Uh, like I said, the album isn't out. It's going to be up to 31st, but you are in luck uh, because starting today, NPR is streaming in as a first listen. So uh, if you have not heard Primrose Green from Riley Walker yet, uh, please go listen to it on the NPR first listen stream. We will wait for you here. And then when you come back, uh, come listen to us, talk about it, because it's a really good conversation about a guy uh, out of Chicago who... Is uh, pretty talented, pretty talented. Made an interesting album. So that is it. Uh, without further ado, I'm going to turn you over to the Wiley World of Podcast. That is Chunky Glasses, the podcast, uh, episode 109, reviewing Pyle's "You're Better Than This" and Riley Walker's "Primrose Green."
1: It happens here, and it finishes here. Two men enter. One man two-word review just a shit sandwich. the
2: That right there is yeah, a wonderful power.
0: your busy schedule from late time
2: <laughs> i can you put a picture of my face looking like that next to the i think, I think I <laughs> Dude,
0: i'm trying to help you
2: out i i don't need any help anymore uh, oh okay then
0: uh matt condon first time coming down the basement uh for listeners who may or may not look at the site you've been covering the uh the live shows for us lately and been killing it yeah doing okay. uh I'm actually a little su- surprised you're alive. <laughs> uh, how many shows generally do you hit a week?
3: Uh, Anywhere from two to four, usually.
0: And <laughs> shooting them, which yeah. means hauling gear,
3: getting up front, <laughs> getting there early. Yep. And then lots and lots of editing afterwards. And lots and lots of editing after.
4: And lots of apologizing for people. I- I'm sorry. Hello. Can I yeah. Exactly? Hey, yeah. Just just three songs Can I get in front of you.
0: <laughs> so so if you've been wondering about uh the recent influx of like awesome photos on the site just thanks to Matt. So um we got a sort of a. a <laughs>
4: <laughs> and, oh, <good. laughs>
0: J- James Hetfield is here in the basement,
4: again. <laughs> knocking it right Real out of the park, sir.
0: <laughs> um, uh, we got we're going to be doing uh, two albums on the podcast this week, so a little full, so not going to really have an issue to talk about up front. Uh, before we did that, though, I did want to mention uh, there's uh, a couple numbers things, two stories, of numbers based. Kendrick Lamar, which we're going to be talking about next week, uh, released to Pimp a Pimple Butterfly early because there's some confusion as to whether or not it leaked and then they released it or they put it forward out early or whatever. doesn't matter because it's now the number one streaming album in history. Wow! It is in a week where they announced that streaming has overtaken uh cd sales digital well, obviously CD right but sales. how
2: much money is he making off the? That's well true.
0: that that's a whole nother thing uh but as far as i don't have the dollar amount but as far as uh as many times as it, as it has been streamed it's killing like everything uh that has ever come before it wow. so and rightfully so uh i think we were talking about this quinn the album is <laughs> yeah Pretty much the jam. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Unless you're Matt. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
4: (laughs) I I haven't spoken to my um, Starbucks barista about how I feel about this album yet, so (laughs) I feel like I'm probably not not Um, qualified to talk about it yet.
0: The other story, which is somebody hopefully we're going to be talking about uh, later on this year when he drops an album, uh, Kanye West, was announced that he was uh, going to be headlining Glastonbury. And shortly thereafter, uh, some guy who who admittedly, um, if you read the thing, does not like that kind of music. He right. likes more guitars and shredding.
2: Which is what Glastonbury is known for, though, more of a rock, it is, it a rock is. festival. It
0: is. Um, but uh, started a petition to say they did not want Kanye West to be playing this festival. Uh, as of this morning, there were 90,000 signatures.
2: But how many of those people are actually getting, like, going, were going
3: to Well, here's That's the question, yeah.
0: Yeah, and, and it's a question, I think, for
2: the organizers
0: because, you know, if there was some way to correlate that these are your ticket
3: buyers, right. then they got a real problem. <laughs> well, I saw an article written by one of the organizers uh, that was talking um, – she was talking about how they always have a diverse lineup. And, you know, Kanye is hardly mm-hmm. the first artist, you know, hip-hop artist to uh, make an appearance. Um, so it's not like, it's not like he's an unusual choice.
4: But he's the first headliner.
0: No, he's not. Uh, Jay-Z and Beyonce. Yeah, Jay-Z and Beyonce. But a similar response to that. So, uh, are we okay saying that Brits are super racist? No. (laughs) (laughs)
4: No, but I do think it shows that you can get, I mean, like the guy who put out, uh, Kickstarter for Potato Salad and got 75,000 hits, you know, a, a petition in and of itself. I mean, is stupid.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's. It's, weird. it's not it's, going it, to do anything. It's a weird thing. Well... It takes
4: it takes four seconds to sign a petition. It, it doesn't really have the heft of anything anymore. So if somebody really wants to petition Glastonbury about their lineup, they need to figure out a different way to do it.
3: And the other thing was, I mean, the point that the organizer made was there are hundreds of bands playing at Glastonbury. And, you know, if you don't like one playing, there are going to be ten... Twenty other things to do at the same time, There's even also during the headliner.
4: Literally hundreds of other uh, festivals that you can <laughs> in, in that one, you know, country. Right. It's, yeah. it's, that the, Kanye
0: may also be playing.
4: That's true because <laughs> I mean, they do tend to all like the the festival lineup for this summer is like looking at European lineups and the stuff in the United States. They're all, as usual, remarkably similar because you have these same bands that are yeah. going out, and that's just it. Every everything plays the same. It's just what day they're on.
0: Yeah, more or less. Gwen, would you travel to England to see Kanye?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't travel to the Verizon Center, to see Kanye. <laughs> but um, Take I mean that. Mr. But West. If, I, if if I was at a three day <laughs> music festival, which I'm, you will never find me at probably ever again, um, just because like I like uh, I'm like very much tapped out on mu- music festivals. Sure. But, um, if I was there and it was a Saturday night and like the last night of the festival, and it was like Kanye versus like. The Red Hot Chili Peppers. I go see Kanye West. Like that's gonna be more fun, I think. Or like some other like I don't know. I, so I think that's,
0: that's not really a fair
2: comparison. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not fair at all. But I uh, I would I would I would, if I was there already, I would consider going to see him if there was like nothing else super great happening. Yeah. But, if, you, uh, and
0: if you had never seen him though, right? I mean, that that is uh, the point I think of a lot of these festivals is that, or it was when it started, is that you. People who aren't in DC or a major area, uh, they don't get to see a lot of these bands. So, especially for like Bonnaroo, you think when it started up, yeah, it was leaning heavily on the hippie stuff, but it was also like bands that even those the hippies couldn't see, and all of a sudden they had a place to go. And then now you've got who's is Neil Diamond playing it this year or the, he, Nah.
4: But, I mean you've got like Billy Billy, Billy Idol, and Billy Joel, and Paul McCartney making the rounds on all these festivals. Right. And to some extent, I'm kind of pissed off as a mid forties person where I feel like they throw these artists on there because they want people my age to bring our teenage kids to a festival, and. Honestly, you know, back when I was um actively going to festivals mm-hmm. in my twenties and thirties when the venues were limiting to, you know, twenty five or thirty thousand people, festivals were amazing. I mean they're only two days. They were fantastic, and you could actually see most of what you wanted to see. And you go to anything now, I mean, you look at Firefly, you look at um, Forecastle, which, you know, I went to Forecastle 10 years ago, and I went to Forecastle last year. I'll never go back, because 90,000 people is fucking insane. Yeah. You cannot see anything, and it's like, I'm not going to pay that kind of money, and then go and stand in a field with a bunch of kids who are passed out, and pay $25 for a fucking beer, and not be able to see a single band, really? and that, that's the thing is, yeah. I'm not getting all old lady oh, I don't want to do that anymore but it's just, if I could actually push up front and see the see a band, that'd be great, but you, you can't.
0: It's funny you mentioned the, the stacking deck, because we've got something like that coming up the, the, the Sweet Life, the sweet Green Festival which I didn't intend to be talking about this, but, but you know we haven't yet, well. so it's time about this is they intentionally uh, uh i think everybody in this room would say uh, as a whole the lineup sucks but they Terrible. and it's and it's two days long but they intentionally it's crafted to stack the deck to get you know parents to bring their kids right right but there's no reason actually kendrick lamar is playing it but there's no reason to put or expectation that fans of Ken, kendrick lamar are also going to be a fan of billy idol right or the pixies for that matter
4: Exactly, the whole thing with the pixies is you know you you pack those on there, and you're like, oh well, the forty year olds will come see Billy Joel. Well, I fucking hated Billy Joel when I was in my twenties, and I'm not oh, going to go see him on. now. Oh come on! <laughs> as, <laughs> as, as,
2: how, as someone from the New York area, if I I every time I hear a Billy Joel song, I cringe. Because it, the only thing on the fucking radio is fucking Billy Joel. Oh, he's and awful. He's it's it, it's terrible. You need to My talk friend, to your I, legislature I, about that. <laughs> <Because> <laughs> that was that's the uh, the Joel Act of like, <laughs> I'll I'll
4: call into ninety five point nine. The Fox. Um, I actually did see Billy Joel live because I was dragged there by a bunch of classmates, and you know maybe ten fifteen years ago, and he was so loaded that he could not remember the words to his own songs. He
0: was too. He doesn't need to. Everybody will sing along. That's. Basically, what he was relying
4: on, but he, he was sitting at his piano with a um, with a screen that had all the lyrics on it and still half the time he forgot i 'm like you have one catalog to memorize, and all these people out here have full jobs and lots of other catalogs to memorize, and they all know the songs what the hell you can't even be bothered yeah. to i mean it's just it's ridiculous and the fact that they're shoving all these things i I, I feel like it's been kind of
2: all right sorry that's it i will say i
4: do have some good things to say about pile later on today it's not going to be all negative for me today but um i just i am really irritated at the lineups this year so
2: yeah i'm 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 gonna try to cover sweet life and i want to i want to write like a like a i think that oh that's right yeah fear and loathing in maryland with a a side of uh, organic kale but yeah. I, I went
0: on uh the web and I ordered Have your DMT salad. from Canada. Oh, so sweet. so it'll be
2: here. Okay. So um, um cool.
0: But uh yeah, so so to Mr. West, uh, I, I don't know. Well, listen to your fans. Uh Glastonbury. It'll be interesting to see how it plays
3: out. I mean, I feel like Glastonbury has, you know, scored something with Kanye in a way, though, just because, you know, he's not playing a lot of festivals unlike mm. a lot, you know, you so many of these lines, um like a, the festivals I've been looking at, Belle and Sebastian's playing all of them. Of course. And so yeah. I could go to any single one of these and see Belle and Sebastian. So, you know, that Glastonbury has that. We've got You can Kanye. see them
4: everywhere. Exactly.
3: These These festivals are all starting to look exactly the same. And it's, yeah.
4: Yeah. With the exception of Floyd Fest.
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not laughing at you, Floyd Fest.
0: Except <laughs> uh, On that note... Um, Five days of arts and crafts. And here's some music. Yeah, let, let, Let's get to some albums that we're going to talk about. Uh, first one we're going to be talking about is uh, one of your faves, Quinn. Uh, the band Pyle from Boston and their album You're Better Than This. So here's uh, Mr. Fish. That is the first single, uh, Mr. Fish, from Piles, uh, You're Better Than This. Uh, let me give a little background, and then, Quinn, you can talk about them. Uh, it's a band based out of Boston. They're on, I think, your favorite label, Exploding Sound. One of my favorite labels, yeah. Uh, with bands like Krill, Level Up, and Avlov, Rest in Peace, as we were saying. Definitely Rest in Peace. Uh, Volvo,
2: Backwards. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. I'm looking at it. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is uh, Matt Becker, uh, Matt Connery, uh, Chris Custom, and Rick McGuire.
2: Rick's the yeah, yeah. Is he the main singer, guitarist, song? He makes yeah. all the songs. Yeah. Um,
0: and you were saying earlier that this is sort of a uh, in Boston. They're they're a band's band,
2: right? They're like the scene gods in Boston.
0: So so tell us a little more about the band in general.
2: Um, they in this like the in this like the Northeast um kind of punk scene um they uh, i would say that there there's a very similar sound to kind of what they're doing right now like in this um kind of very lo-fi um very like this in the diy kind of scene Mm -hmm. like um supported by labels like exploding sound and double double whammy um and kind of centered in new york and boston and for all of those bands i think pile is always seen as like they just have always like been a little bit be- like better than everyone else, and little- they're just very well respected for being like these hardworking guys. Like I, Rick, they came on and played on the radio uh, yeah. in the summer, yeah. and uh, Rick, uh, he works he works full time. He just quit to um, go on this like you know. 80 day nationwide tour, but which was huge, by the way. They, I mean,
0: they were South by Southwest playing. Like, now that all they have the their shows.
2: van, they just did, yeah, <laughs> they just did seven seven shows at South by Southwest, four days. Yeah. Um, but they, uh, Rick, he like worked, he worked full time at Trader Joe's. You know, he like these are Like, I think like what people like respect so much about them are these are just normal guys who yeah. are like who work so fucking hard at their music and at the rest of their lives, uh, like you know that they and that they they have earned the respect that they've gotten. And not that, not that they're like a huge band by any means, but um, to to bands that play with them and are in that scene, they're very well yeah. respected. Yeah,
0: yeah. Which is, I mean, you could draw an analog to a lot of stuff going on in DC that that certain bands. But uh, so, so, what do you think? You know, being a fan, uh, I know you were most excited about this album. What, what do you think?
2: Sure. So, I pre-ordered uh, the album on vinyl before I heard it because they yeah. did this huge fundraiser for their van. Uh, and they raised like seventeen thousand dollars on Kickstarter or whatever Indiegogo, one of those things. Um, and I, uh, Dripping, their 2012 album, uh, is one of my favorite albums ever. Um, it's like got this. Maybe it was just one of those like came around at the right time kind of things, but it's got this it, like really solidified my taste in like like louder, mm-hmm. um, kind of lo- more lo-fi, grittier kinds of stuff. Uh, and oh, so, well, I, so
0: they're they're like an actual gateway for you.
2: A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Um, kind of like this podcast was a gateway for me to host house shows. Yeah. Um, but. Um, and get ladies. And, Where, where's yeah. the headfield
0: thing when you need it? Uh, yeah.
2: We'll get it. We'll get I'll get it ready. I'll get it ready. But. You can um, do it
4: for yourself. There
2: you but, <laughs> but yeah. So I was definitely anticipating this album. And I think um, I, I liked it a lot. I think it delivers. Uh, it's. The. So. Rick first started writing songs, solo songs, and they're mm-hmm. pretty like folky, um, like back in two thousand eight, two thousand nine. He put out a few albums that were like kind of bluesy, but also very like acoustic folky songs. And I think you can totally hear the influence here, not just in "Fuck the Police," the um, like one and a half minute, which we're gonna uh, play, in which we're year, gonna play. In a minute, yeah. But I think the or like the construction of the songs and how they're written are kind of like these like these folk. Not ballads, but like they do tell stories about like Mr. Fish is a real person. Like they tell these stories, uh-huh. and um, and then you he, he, you throw in like the like the hooks and like the like kind of um like screaming sometimes, but also like the, the heavy as shake guitars. Um, and I I find I find moments of it to be like euphoric almost, like the mm-hmm. when they build and build and build, and then his his like his voice just comes in like like, wallowing, I think that's, like, an amazing moment that um, comes through a few times on the record.
0: Yeah, Carrie, now,
2: you were saying, like, so... Yeah, I really and... liked
4: it. Um, the, the first time I kind of, you know, dabbled in it or, you know, just listened to it really, really quickly, I was in just an absolute shit mood, and I don't think I was ready uh-huh. to really pay attention to it. Um, and then I sat down this week and just really started listening to it, and I, like, over the course of the week, I just absolutely loved this album. Um, and I like how the the entirety of it is structured, where the songs really flow together really nicely. And it's, you know, it's like, oh, it's post-prong, it's thrash. It's really not, though. There's I mean, I agree wholeheartedly that there's a lot of this, like, classical guitar bass underneath it. And, like... <laughs> Fuck the police is like a ninety-second Leo Kottke
1: piece. Should, should we piece. hear that now? It's it,
4: you should go ahead and play because yeah, yeah, it's yeah. you're you're looking through the song titles and you're like, oh yeah, a bunch of white dudes from Boston singing a song called Fuck this- the Police, and it is it's t- so surprising. But it also goes beautifully like into the intro, couple minutes of waking up in the morning, mm-hmm. where you just have these beautiful guitar pieces, um, and I think it actually kind of is a nice juxtaposition to the album that we're going to talk about next where everybody keeps going on and on about that guy's guitar playing but this album I think is actually, I think it's a much stronger album. Let's hear Fuck
0: the Police uh, get back to that a little bit I'm going to hear you (laughs) (laughs) well played sir
4: Ladies and gentlemen, fuck the police.
0: Nice like, sensitive.
3: See so, you now, <laughs> if he released a whole album that sounded like that, I'd be into it. <laughs> right, right, right.
4: But, I mean, like thirty percent of the album is like that. It's just interspersed with like a lot of lot of stronger stuff. It's, um, yeah, the,
3: the thrash parts—the part that I'm not into. So, are, are
0: you a big like the post rock fan or, or at all, or because that—that's what this is.
2: Is it? I mean. It's- so Post. the label post-hardcore gets thrown around a lot, Well, I don't really know what that means. I, well, yeah, I don't know not. what any Nobody knows mean. what that means. So I guess I guess the reason why that label gets thrown around is because there are elements of like hardcore, like right. when he like he starts he screams on a few songs and like heavy guitars, but then it has this like quieter like more melodic part too. Mm-hmm. So like. like they,
3: throwing post on anything is bullshit, I think.
2: Well, uh, maybe not by postponing. Is, this, I guess is this
3: like hardcore has grown up? It's, you know, we got the or no, melodic parts. Too I don't know. So. I don't know. <laughs> but I feel like I feel like even, you know, hardcore bands in the 90s were doing, you know, melodic tracks in the middle of their albums. So
0: Well, this, uh, I was talking with Quinn earlier about this. Like this actually, the whole album as a whole reminds me of the parts of the replacements when they were fucking around. Mm-hmm. Like where they didn't make sense, where it's a mess. Uh, you know, Tommy got his tonsils out. Stuff. like or, that. Well, the
4: last the last song is that way. There's a lot of talking. There's a lot of appendicitis. Right. It could be a replacement song, frankly.
0: Right. Which is interesting for me to hear. Like a whole album made out of that. Um, which is sort of where, uh, like, it doesn't quite it doesn't connect with me. Certainly as it does with you guys and stuff. Um, it is. Like, I feel like this would be a great show.
2: It is a great show.
3: Like... And you'd be right. I probably would see it live, yeah. I I don't don't know how much I'll listen to this album, but I I, I would see it live. It's a a weird thing, because it's
0: just... This is all stuff that I like. uh, Stuff that I don't listen to a lot anymore. But it's stuff that I I did at, at one point, certainly. And... Like you, you have these interludes and stuff that show a more <laughs> the, the barking dog in the background is yeah. <laughs> I,
4: I get your point and I, I there are a lot of um like old replacements EPs where you could mm-hmm. listen to stuff like that's just a total mess because it's a band you love and they're fucking around and they're hilarious. Well I didn't
0: like it when the replacements were doing it.
4: Yeah, but you could do it I mean you could listen to it for like twenty minutes and it'd be fine. But I do I I do think that this is much more put together. I yeah. think there are glimpses of that. But this is this is not stink. I mean that's
0: yeah, yeah, exactly.
2: I think the songwriting is um uh, I've like if you go listen to their past two albums at least, you can definitely see the songwriting mature, I think. Um in just like subject matter and also um their approach. I think their the recording of it is not very good.
0: Yeah, I mean we that, we're talking makes... about that
2: um there was some uh there was some YouTube comment I was reading that was that said like I'd love to hear these guys um put an album out with Steve Albini which is opens up a whole other can of worms, but like, <laughs> yeah, he, he has worked with bands like this in the past, and yeah. it's a great success, I think.
0: Yeah, there's, I mean, I mean, what are the themes? Because like, honestly, I can't get past the recording mm-hmm. of it uh, in much the same way that I I can't get past the, like the early recordings for uh, Ty Siegel Like, there's just something about my ear, Where I'm like, ow, and, and I turn it off, which is mm-hmm. horrible to say, but like, so what? What are some of the themes that he's talking about in general
2: on this? Um, so besides fuck the police, I think, I, I think there's a lot, um, and throughout his all, there's throughout all of his lyrics, there's like this weird kind of like sexual perversion that kind of, um, would, is not like creepy. It's just like very, I think I like, it find it almost interesting that the fact that he's like talking about some of these like weird issues with Mm -hmm. his like internal issues. Um, I think there's a lot of despondent, like Mr. Fish is about a, this dude who who uh, this homeless man who lives in Boston who kind of um, I forget what exactly he does he like kind of wander he just like wanders around it's like one of those like neighborhood characters um, I think there's a lot of um, disdain for like you're better than this that's the name of the title I think he's partly talking yeah. about himself and their and his own band and it's kind of tongue in cheek like because um, there's I think he's acknowledging their own their own success and lack of lack thereof like success within their own little world
0: yeah yeah yeah
2: um but then that but that and how maybe that success doesn't really necessarily translate to like real monetary success
4: yeah i mean they can't even afford to fix their van
2: right well they can't they can now but that well they can now but
4: it's like they've been a band for five years and they mm -hmm. have to go on indiegogo to raise money you know for a van and that is it is really sad that in this day and age that that has to happen that people who are quite talented don't actually make any money I think out, that's but... always
0: been the case, though. I know, it's always been the case. And it's but, also a comp-
4: but now, it, it seems like now you should be able to actually make more money because you're getting money paid directly to you versus...
0: That, well, there's actually... Uh, I, I forget who gave the keynote. I no. think we, could, we get onto this like every single We do, but it was... <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, and, Musicians and, need and, to make money. I want to say this, and then I want to hear another song that uh, uh, Hot Breath, which rocks, I guess, is, would be the proper terminology. <laughs> <Sure. laughs> um, uh There was – somebody gave a keynote at um, South by Southwest, and and one of them – or he was on a panel. Uh, Will Butler had one of the things like the secret economic weapon is your parents because like he said, Arcade Fire, like their family bought them their first van. Um, But as far as like making money, uh, they were saying that essentially it's still the top 1% are still getting all the gigs. Right. So you would like to think that a band like this would get all the gigs. I mean, I can imagine, in, unless somebody's smart enough to book them in DC, they'll probably play your house,
2: Quinn. Well, so they 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 just play in DC. They did. Um, they, at, they were here at Union Arts. They did a big kind of a big show. Oh yeah, that's right. They um they 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 I you know if they could they don't have a booking agent. They could right. get a booking agent. Like they have they have like. Enough following where that there are bands smaller than them that have booking agents. They they I think a lot of it is a conscious choice to book their own tours. Well, and no. play certain alternative spaces.
3: So that brings up I I, I talked to an, an artist um, a while back who told me specifically that most DC venues won't talk to you if you don't have a booking agent. Right, like you just can't even. Well, that's venues in general. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, well, he, actually, no. He he books all over the place. He books his own oh, really? stuff. He he has no problem booking in Philly, New York places like that but dc for some reason he huh. just he just can't can't get anyone to even talk to him here interesting um but I mean, maybe
0: maybe orders should be doing an indiegogo to like raise money to hire a booking agent
2: <laughs> right. don't laugh but, i mean i'm serious right but i think i think part of it is that they want they i don't i think he i think that parts i think part, some bands would ra- rather just book their own tours and play yeah even if they're going to make less money they would rather play to a packed house of 50 kids than like 7 people at DC9 yeah
0: yeah that's an interesting and that's a whole other podcast right? based on an article right. that just went up on bandwidth actually right uh, but uh, yeah so let's hear the, the, the song that Rocketh uh, Hot Breath Oh, Oh, (laughs) damn it. it. Where's the uh, James Hetfield soundboard when you need it? I know. Ready? Ready for it. All right. There it is. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, so... uh, I I can get inside that and see where... Again, this is stuff that I definitely... Type stuff is usually my jam, but like we were saying, some of the recording is... It's a little off and so maybe the albini course is the way to go
2: yeah i mean the 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 raw energy and like the control of the of like energy that he has in the songs it still comes through to me mm. so i still enjoy it a lot yeah. but i can definitely i definitely acknowledge that they're probably, if it it could be there like there's a lot of improvement to be made yeah.
3: on the recording side yeah so what are you gonna do with the record i already own it on vinyl right. so well
2: then
0: there
3: you go yeah, Matt. What are you going to do? Probably, it's probably not going to make it onto my uh, list of things I listen to right now. So you're going to pass? Yeah.
0: Okay.
4: I also okay. already bought it. Did you? I did.
0: I'm going to. I, I really want to see him live.
3: I would uh, see him live. Uh, and I'm going to reserve. You're, judge. So you're
4: going to buy a T-shirt?
3: <laughs> no, probably not. But I would. I would
0: buy a ticket. I think. I, th- I think you shouldn't judge a band by, solely by their records. Uh, so uh, where I was going is actually I was going to pass. Uh, because I actually probably won't listen to this. I'm going to say stream it. You know, look, dig into pile, see if you find something you like. You know, and then go uh, go see them.
4: Yeah, it may also be that it, you would enjoy it more. And you know, if you're sitting down and like seriously listening to something, then you concentrate more on the recording and the quality of that. But like for me, yeah, yeah, I've yeah. I, I listened to it a lot with headphones on, and it was fine. It was well, actually exactly. I, what I feel stuff I was like this, for. and the this isn't a drive this
0: isn't like just that. pile. I, I feel like. Hardcore, or doing yard work. <laughs> hardcore music in general, like, you need to have that visceral, uh, in front of you. Uh, and, you know, if you don't have that, it ends up, it can end up at least sounding like a whole lot of noise. Mm-hmm. And it's not a pleasant, and it's like, it's a, it's not a displeasant experience in the way Swans is. <laughs> yeah, now, now I love Swans. <laughs> right. But really? You, that's, yeah, <laughs> but, you know, you can't, like... Uh Andre and I were down here talking about that record and it made this feel weird because it's not something we'll put on, but totally get what's going in. I think this falls somewhere in that territory, but I'll see him live uh and stream this one. Uh so uh that is pile. Uh is
2: You're, better than, you're better than this. You're
0: better than this? Uh, and now, it is
4: grammatically spelled correctly.
0: <laughs> now I, I feel like uh Carrie it's time to load up the van. <laughs> Coming to you live from the lot of the dead show in 1982. See, I don't hear Um, the dead in this at all. Oh, come on! That is that is a classic, like Space Jam, right there. Uh, What we're talking about though is is Riley Walker, uh, a young man from Chicago. Uh, His album Primrose Green. That is the title track, uh, Primrose Green. Um,
4: And if you haven't heard of it, you've been asleep or not listening to NPR.
0: Yeah, I think he's he's getting a lot of push. I will say before we get into this, uh, two things. want to define that. I thought he was just talking about weed. He's not. He's talking about, I uh, read this morning, it's cocktail, cocktail, uh, this is in quotes, cocktail my friends and I invented, where you mix whiskey with morning glory seeds.
2: Basically, you have three or four of
0: them and you're kind of drunk and tripping.
2: <laughs> Do you got, yeah, morning glory seeds are like some yeah. like heavy shit. Like, yeah. Yeah, those, like, they're like psychedelics.
0: So this is where we're coming from uh, with this young man. He is... Hailed uh, as a uh, a master guitar player in some circles, which we're, we're going to get into. Uh, and he's made an album now that is... Uh, somebody you actually pointed out to me, uh, Burt mm-hmm. Uh being compared to that. Nick Drake. Uh, already Nick, said
2: the Nick Drake, that. yeah, that's a huge one. Nick John Drake, Martin. John Martin's John Martin. the one I hear in this. Yeah, Tim Buckley. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: it is, uh, I think... In a very similar type of movement, and I may be saying this because I listened to them at the same time uh, as the Jessica Pratt stuff, uh, where it's this very anglophilic, like garden, like fantasy music or whatever, getting into uh, folk, but a little more spacey stuff. Um, That, I mean, and and saying that, when I first heard it, as Carrie pointed out, I was like, this is. (laughs)
4: Easy.
0: <laughs> and and i needed in
4: january you were like this is the album of the year
0: it made me miss andre <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. and and i needed uh my van octoberfest uh, man huh octoberfest, yeah, octoberfest. <laughs> but, but let's, let's start with you matt since uh, you're a little quiet on the pile uh tell us a little about riley walker and your feelings on this well
3: so <laughs> for, i mean for me this is this is at least so far album of the year. Now there's, we've got a lot of year left, so I'm not going to you know, yeah, yeah. make any big declarations yet, but I think this is um, probably the best album that I've heard so far. And I'm probably going to be the only person who feels that way because I'm um, coming at it from a, as a fan of John Martin and Bert ranch right. and Tim Buckley and all the, all the bands that he's uh, very obviously following. Um, you can hear the influences in here very heavily um maybe maybe a little too heavily at times yeah um but at the same I don't
0: think time it's is like it could be yeah. covering the yeah yeah oh the yeah movie. there
3: was well i mean that's um so we're playing sweet surrender in a little bit right yeah, yeah, that's, yeah that that when when i first heard that i thought it was a john martin song at first yeah and i was like i don't think i've heard this john martin song before and then i and then i realized that it was not a cover <laughs> um so, but at the same time, you know, we're not getting a new John Martin anytime ever, um, unless they or, find some or, in the vault or Nick Drake or, Nick Drake, or <laughs> no. Tim Buckley. Right. So, you know, uh, um, I'm ready for some new music of this yeah, style. Yeah, this yeah. is, you know, but I, but seeing, but since, since I don't think that a lot of people have that context of John Martin, Tim Buckley, et cetera, um, as like something they listen to heavily, uh, um, I don't know how it's going to how it's going res- to resonate with – I mean that's – I find it interesting you keep bringing up The Grateful Dead with him because I don't hear The Grateful Dead at all in this. As a unofficial scholar of The Grateful Dead, like it is,
0: is no – like there's no chance that this guy does not have like a tape collection. Oh, I'm sure inside. he does. I'm and, sure he does. And, and it infuses it. I mean and The Grateful Dead we're pulling from a lot of the people that we're
3: talking about but, here.
0: Yeah, that's just – that's, cer- that's, Certainly where – you may be thinking though – I don't know uh,
3: about like you know touch of gray. Oh it no no! Know. I've i I know the Grateful Dead all along their all along their path, but I just I mean I, I guess for me it's just the 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 other ones the John Martin et cetera are just too heavy in this for me to even hear right. the Grateful Dead. Um, so uh, another one that he's um, referenced. A lot is uh, Van Morrison, and he actually, when I saw him in New York last weekend, mm. he did a Van Morrison cover as his last song. And in fact, which one? Um, oh boy, let me hold on. Um, so, in fact, you know, it was they told him he had time for one more song, and he said, "We're doing, you know, we're going to do this cover." And one of his band members said, "Are you sure you don't want to do one of your own songs?" He said, "No, man, got to do the Van." It was a uh, fair play was the Van Morrison song, so not yeah. even like a you know not a big hit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, mm. but so he's he's openly. Referencing this stuff too, it's not that he's not that he's uh, trying he to hide and claim to. this is.
4: I mean, I think at, is... th- at this at this point in time, in this with everything that, particularly in th- what's going on this week, I think you have to come right out and say, yeah. "I'm doing this. I'm doing this. I'm doing this." Because right. I, I heard a lot of Ann Morris. I don't actually hear that much Nick Drake in this. I mean, people are saying, "Oh, I don't Nick hear Drake. that much Nick Drake." The, no, the it's voice. Nick Drake was so much sadder and more heartbreaking and cleaner, whereas this is more. Spacey. I think what I hear in this a lot is I hear a lot of Ann Morrison, but also like there's some Tito Puente a little bit in Sweet uh, Sweet Surrender, especially. And then um, also uh, um, uh, lost my train of thought.
0: Sorry. Um, It's interesting that we're we're talking. Look up what you're going to do. It's interesting talking about this because I was actually talking about this. Uh, Exact thing with Andrew Grossman from North Country. Rodriguez. About Mm -hmm. oh
4: oh Rodriguez, yeah. He sounds exactly like Rodriguez.
0: But the idea that like um, you, every band has influences, and this now might be a problem because of the Marvin Gaye decision that we talked about last week. But I think bands that very, very distinctly and definitively are like we're not just wearing on our sleeve. Like yeah, that's it. Like, and we, it we, it didn't get in the way of us making the song. Right. Which the North Country do. You know, you can pick out all the bands they're talking about, and you can pick out easily all the bands about that he's doing. Mm-hmm. But instead of being like, oh, shit, I'm leaning towards this, and people are going to say I sound exactly like Nick Drake or Bert Jansch or, or Martin, you know, he's like, yeah. So...
3: Yeah, he actually – I I have a copy of the album already because uh, he was selling it at the show. And he actually – they actually referenced in the liner notes. I don't remember who wrote the liner notes. He's uh, producer or something. But they actually referenced John Martin and, yeah, um, yeah. and Tim Buckley and several others. Uh, and I was going to say with the Drake, I would maybe hear Brighter Later period. Right. Nick Drake in this. Nick not not Pink Moon. No, not pink Moon. <laughs> Um, which is Pepsi. why I think most people. Wait, know. If,
4: if, yeah, if like Nick yeah. Drake, if somebody had given him like some Pepsi or something, and to, like to some that guy up a little bit, right? Antidepressants. Lithium.
2: Quinn, what do you what do you what do you feel on this? Um, I. So I put it on. I I put it on. I put it on the background mm-hmm. the time, every time I listen to it. Um, I listen to it while I was in the shower, like different, like weird. Weird time to listen to it, but um, I was like, but uh, Do you
0: frequently drop acid in the show?
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm sorry, start- like this made me want to. Yeah. Um, the uh, the druggy vibe is there, but it's not. It's a darker druggy vibe than sure. Grateful Dead. Grateful oh, Dead. For sure. Grateful Dead to me is like, let's take acid and frolic around. There's also this like dark folk. Drug vibe that I get from like guys like Tim Buckley, this dude Dave Bixby. I don't think you ever listened to him. Mm-hmm. He made this like really dark, like um, he like he like was on. He like took acid for two years and then sobered up and found God and wrote songs about his mom. But like it, like it's.
0: I (laughs) said last part. I was fine. It's actually that's that. I mean, I am putting the Hetfield in at the last. It's (laughs) actually kind of awesome.
2: That
4: is like the most densely packed sentence of the entire entire podcast. Uh,
2: (laughs) But I hear like this, like I hear that to it, and but then I also like 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 this like English Garden kind of vibe too. Like like yeah, like this is like. Um, what's his name? Van Dyke, Van Van Dyke Parks, Van Dyke Parks, yeah. um, stuff like that. Have you Have you come
0: around to the Jessica Pratt or not?
2: Um, I have honestly have not listened to it since okay. we yeah. talked just, about it. The,
0: just uh, neither here nor there, right?
2: Um, but I do. I do. the The vibe is kind of they They're like <laughs> yeah. wayfish vibe. Maybe that's not like an, like an accurate thing to say, but
3: like yeah. but it is interesting to hear this music coming out of Chicago because it really does sound very British. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very, very British. There's another reason why I'm a little surprised by the dead references, because, I mean, the dead are, like, all-American... In a lot of ways, I and kind of hear like
4: like in the ba- the line is where because I, I honestly didn't pick up great When piano, you when you the thing that I, I'm confused about this album that everybody is going on and on about the guitarism and he's such a great guitar player blah blah blah. But, but it's like no no but I'm I, but I'm talking about like the other instrumentation on this. I couldn't find a reference of who plays piano on this. Do you do you know who does? Cause but, it, let's know. do it's, this.
0: Let's do this. Let's let's look it up. Let's play a song. Okay. We can look that up. We can
3: find out.
4: I tried. And then, it, because I have the CD in my
3: car if we need to retrieve so, it. <laughs> it's so, <laughs> I don't know like it the had...
4: piano playing is so good. It's like you can't even tell what, what instruments are being used in right. this entire album. Sometimes it's like a, a dulcimer and sometimes it's, you know, you've got like
0: complete. Well, let, let's play a song and then we're going to dive into that okay. because that's actually a thing I really want to talk about about this. Okay.
3: It's the second single uh, from Primrose I Green. Mean, Sweet Satisfaction. And that belongs right on John Martin's Inside Out. Yeah. Completely. It is... It, that that that, out, that song could be in the middle of the album, and it would... You could just put it there, and no one would know it didn't belong there. Yeah. Um, You have a nice little blast of fuzz guitar, which
0: is something that isn't throughout the rest of the album. There's a lot of... Uh, and this is straight from the press pack. It really is just a lot of how finger picking a guitarist he is and that's what carrie i wanted to get into mm. with you so um as a guitar player i i will say uh this guy is very competent in fact i saw a video this morning it was good he's a good finger bigger guitar player uh, there is uh one of the things um, that is sort of swaying me on this album now is he's leaning so heavily on his influences which like I, I just said, it's fine. You know, you, you he's just there's no doubt, like I'm I'm copying from these guys and stuff. But he's also le- leaning on this almost uh, like self built thing that he is this amazing guitarist. You
3: know, I I feel like it's the other instrumentation that's carrying the album though. Like his I do too. His, his guitar is a good basis of it. Now it's interesting because a friend of mine who saw the show at DC nine recently called his finger picking sloppy. Um, I, I would call it sloppy. I'm I'm not a finger picking guitarist, so I don't really have the frame of reference. It looked good to me when I saw him in New York, but um, but yeah, my friend called him sloppy and said he didn't like the show as much as he might have otherwise if it hadn't been right sloppy. So I don't know because there's a lot of
0: a lot of what people are talking about is simply, and that's how I heard about him. I mean, like he's a, he, he came through last year, I think. Be like he's this amazing guitar. Player. He opened,
2: who did he op- the open for someone?
0: Uh, I'm sure yeah like but uh but you, well,
4: know, you and he was kind of starting to get a little bit of buzz last year because he was, was oh, he was at he south, at south with, West, uh, West, yeah south by southwest last year he was on like the you know all the lists to watch and you know i i, I want to climb in the van with n p r and love this guy but i've um, seen
2: i've seen him is NPR in the Did van? He play with NPR Cloud Nothings? n p r is totally in the van he might have i saw him i think he opened for cloud nothings at
3: black Cat a year mm-hmm. over a year ago mm-hmm. that's i i saw i've seen him he did he oh. he did then an I, then incredible I've probably se- seen him. <laughs> he did an incredible set at Hopscotch last year. Uh, but he had, a, he, had a, he had a he had a larger band than he's touring with now at Hopscotch. Right.
4: And actually Hopscotch is kind of a perfect place for him. Yeah.
3: Like, that's that's a good thing. He place was in he was in he was in the auditorium. They had they had the band lined up across the stage. It was it was the perfect setting for him. It was a great show. Um That's
4: a good
5: audience. And that's what too. I that's
3: that's the context that I really want to see him in again, but of course now, you know, If he had
2: told me that he's from like North Carolina, I would be like, oh. Instead of Chicago, I'd be like, oh, that makes more sense. Of course, right? Right.
0: Interesting. Um, I want to read a little from actually his his bio, which I don't know who wrote this, but is
4: is this coming from his um, agency?
0: It it is. And 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 while while writer of this bio, (laughs) you you have a good mastery of words. You don't have a good mastery of good words strung together. <laughs> um, I mean, and, and this, is, this is where this is, is sort of, uh, like I said, this is starting to bug me a little bit, not just with Riley Walker, but other people. This uh, sentence, Riley Walker is the reincarnation of the true American guitar player. False. <laughs> um, Riley didn't have much time to write this LP, so some of it he didn't. What? what does that, what does what that, that does mean? That mean? <laughs> Here with this record, we risk limiting his access to personal disaster by flirting with success. And my favorite at the end, if this world catches on, the Riley that follows up this album may be a different sort of person. One who knows the taste of better liquor and comfortable bedding and isn't nearly as driven. I think he will be just as visionary, the less hungry. But either way, this is the time to get on the Riley Walker bandwagon. So
2: yeah, wait, I, wait. I, Okay, yeah. so I, I, I not only did someone write this, but uh, someone else was like, okay. It approved it. We're going to send this out to represent you to venues, blogs, yeah. basically that's, everyone.
4: That's his age. That, that is the, and it goes on like that ad nauseum mm-hmm. for like four pages. So that's that part like, about
3: the better
2: beds and liquor. like
3: So they're saying he's going to turn into John yep. Martin in the 80s and it's going to become thing. a soft rock.
0: Post <laughs> post rock and jazz mini circuits. What is that? Right. And and this is I mean something we always talk about off mic about bad PR stuff and we are getting a little off the album on that but but but, honestly, I, but but I guess what I what what is is bugging me is that this this is a solid album this is especially like you this is your favorite album of the year uh, this is like stuff that is so squarely in my wheelhouse that like I like <laughs> yeah, that's, you you built
4: a wheelhouse just for right, this type of right music.
0: and and I'm. I get very confused to why anybody would be selling it that way.
3: Cause I he, think they don't know how to sell it because people don't have those references that we're well, saying. People do or, you and I?
0: You and well, I? Well, you, you, you and I do.
3: It. You and I do, but we're not. We're not going to. You know, there aren't enough of us in the age group that comes to DC Nine. Yeah. To. I mean, fill um, um, DC-9. Right. Well,
4: maybe, maybe if you open for Billy Joel, then we would open uh, There we go, yeah. At DC-9. <laughs> I, <laughs> we
0: would show up. I, 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 tried to, I meant to have you guys watch a video before, but it's it's him playing in Brooklyn. And he is... Uh, and and honestly, a lot of this will be fueled... It is being fueled by the fact that we actually requested an interview with him. And like, it was soundly like, no. Opening for somebody at DC-9, which... It's like yeah okay okay that's what you're talking about. So but that, that, that's, that's what a I guy was who's like his own hype. That, I would not have ever paid attention to the PR for this guy except for that. Uh, and but he's playing for this group of people in Brooklyn and they're all like deep in concentration and like putting their hands over their to their temple and like just yeah yeah I mean like I, I like, wonder how he
4: liked playing in DC where everyone is just like continuing to drink their beers and talk <laughs> <park.
0: laughs> right. Yeah, but it was we're the, the weird, rudest so we'll crowd after and you'll laugh because it is. It is so. Uh, what what this music? Any music like this from anybody, Jessica Pratt included, uh, <laughs> risks is being taken too seriously. Yeah, like- and if I think if you're listening to this and you're not just like, I want to get fucking blasted and ride around in my van and <laughs> like head to the Moon Tower. That's kind of what I want to do when I was like, yeah, yeah, exactly. I want to like, get high. Right, really but you high. don't
4: want to write like some laudatory piece that's going to be like, this guy is the second coming of a guitarist. No. The problem that I have with this album is I think if I had listened to it before I heard all the hype, I'm, I may have been a little bit more open to it. Right. But I don't... I personally don't feel any authenticity from this guy. I, I don't feel... Really? I really... No, I, I, won't, no. I won't go that and far. I, and I, I will go that far for about 80% of the album. I will say that where I really liked it, and I think we're going to be playing uh, Banks of mm-hmm. Old, Killer whatever. Um, there's There are two songs, that and then The High Road, are like the slower, like the just the more parsed out Songs yeah. on the album where I feel like I can actually hear his voice, hear the instruments as they are meant to be heard, not through this you know porn wash that he's got going on. A lot of the other songs. Did you say porn? wash? I watch? did say porn. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, um.
2: James
0: Hetfield.
4: Uh. <laughs> Damn it! You're failing with this James <laughs> Hetfield thing here. Next time, I next time I'm gonna be launching a line that would be good. I'll hold my finger up and then like cue you in. But yeah. yeah i mean you've got like all kinds of you even sweet satisfaction you've got a lot of the songs on here are just so so overbearing but then the nicer songs are where i actually would buy some of the hype but i just don't think that this guy's got the authenticity and then you read the hype machine going behind it oh he's paid his dues he you know he played in the basements well fucking everybody did that and you're twenty five years old. That, you and, haven't paid any and, dues. And, 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 yeah,
3: and that's... Everybody
4: well, does that.
3: This is this is this isn't his first album. So I mean that's that's probably uh, and I've come into it from the context of already knowing the first album before any of the hype started, so that really yeah, helped yeah, too. Yeah. But um, his first album was much heavier in the Janch and all that stuff. That I don't hear the janch as much in this. Right.
4: It's 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 trying to hit so many things to so many people and I just I, I I'm having a hard time connecting with well, it. But it's it's weird, because like the people that I usually like what they write and respect their opinions are all totally driving the van on this thing. And I, yeah, I just, I'm, I'm
0: totally confused why, how I, you aren't. I it, can't right? get in
4: the van. Let's hear
0: the song that you do like, though. Uh, this is on the banks of the old uh, Kishwaki. <laughs> 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 and then I wanted to talk to you, Quinn, about something about guitar players. Okay. So.
1: Thanks to the old Kishwaukee, I saw
0: Being, You're more versed in post punk stuff like that, or whatever you want to call it. Is it is kind
2: of whatever. I don't even know what it's called. It.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, so, what I want to point out, what we were talking about while that was playing, um, was how this sounds more American. Although
3: Matt, and you were saying you can hear influence. It's American through John Martin right. and all of those things, yeah.
0: Is... This reputation, you think, of him as a guitar player simply because uh, a lot of people in, like, the post-punk genre can't play guitar. <laughs> and I, I don't mean that. I really don't mean that as that a slam. That is a loaded question. It right, right. is, a, is, a, is a very different art form, and there is some real power that can come from only True.
2: being able to play two chords. Like, I, I can't really play guitar, but I, like... Like if 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 I were to go form like a like a post hardcore mm. band, you guys would probably be like, oh, okay. Like whatever. Like you know. Right. Like I can I can I you know I can't really I'm like but like there you you do you do sacrifice technical like there is a, at least a narrative of sacrificing technical skill for like emotive like intensity.
0: Right, and this guy came up through that though, so I'm wondering if like this is not just simply. People are like, well, he used to do this, and holy shit, he can actually play some. Because I mean, he is a good guitar player. He's not a great guitar. He's a good guitar player, though. Right. Uh, certainly not the second coming.
2: <laughs> right. I think. I think. Um. I don't really think it matters if you're. I don't think it matters if he came up through whatever. Because as Carrie said, like everyone did that. Like okay. And at a certain point, like. There's a certain point you either continue to do that forever and mm-hmm. you are you are a niche oh. band to niche fans, or you start playing yeah. bigger venues and start putting out different kinds of albums.
0: Well, it certainly doesn't matter in like the end result, like how you hear it and stuff. Like I guess my question was more about uh, how why
2: people keep saying this, you know, and and how that is. I gonna... think because they have nothing else to say about them. Maybe. Oh. Like, they, like, you know, they're trying to create a narrative here of him and, like, trying to make him this interesting guy to, like, make, I don't know, for a variety of reasons. And I, I, I like his music. I like this album. But mm-hmm. I don't, I just don't think there's, like, a narrative to this dude. I think he's just playing guitar and, like, you can, his influence are on his sleeve.
3: Well, that goes back to my question, my question of whether people have the context for this album. Right. So, I mean, I think there would be, there's a lot to say about him if you've got... The context of all the stuff he's coming up through, but it's just that stuff's just not popular now, right? And that's why they're not saying it, I guess. Yeah. But
4: it, but even his own his own machine, like the the first paragraph is like, oh, we're not even going to talk uh, about his background because it's just boring suburbia. Like, the, there's just nothing there, and it's kind of like he I wonder if you, if you if like you have his to- his,
0: <laughs> his bedrock is is disciplined daily rehearsal, like any good goddamn musician. <laughs> like what? Like I mean.
4: I know it's 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 mind-boggling and I, I I wonder I mean do you need to know we've had this conversation over the last hundred podcasts do you <laughs> need to know the background of a band in order to appreciate an album or should there be an album that just comes out that you're like wow it's great like because with Pyle I knew nothing about them yeah I've lived in Boston for a number of years I love pretty much all things Boston and never even heard of them and listened to that, that album a bunch of times and I'm like should I love it I I really want to love this album, and I really just yeah, I I I agree that the that last song that I actually mm-hmm. find listenable is the least interesting on the album, but it's the one that I can actually listen to and not just be annoyed as all hell. And I do think that he, um, out of all the genre of young white hipsters who are trying to get into this, you know, folk '60s or '70s or whatever you know d- uh, decade they're planting themselves in. This album is way more interesting than, and I'm probably going to get punched by numerous people for saying this, but it's much more interesting than anything like Tallest Man on Earth has ever come out with. Oh, (laughs) hell yes. But I find... Sean's
0: Sean's coming for for you.
4: (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of people coming for me. Yeah, I'm no one's uh, fan for saying Tallest Man on Earth is so effing boring, but... Um, I would honestly rather listen to his stuff, uh, just on a day to day basis, because I, I find a lot of this very annoying.
0: So, so where, uh, where, what are you going to do with them? Oh, I'm going to pass. You're going to
2: pass? I'm going to pass. Holy yeah. shit. God,
4: I want to be in the van. I want to be in that van, but I can't get uh... in the van.
2: Uh, I'm going to get out of the van. Uh, I'm going to be in the van, but I'm going to have to be really high to be in the van. Okay. <laughs>
5: um, <laughs> All right. Because so, he's a very quality so opium I'm, to I'm be gonna in the van. I'm going to stream
2: it. Are going to stream it? I'm going to stream it, and right. I, I'm definitely going to listen to it again. Uh, it's got this nice – as the weather gets nicer, it's got this nice, like – like kind of like springy spring vibe it's like with the Jessica Pratt album was very much a winter, winter album. yeah like, absolutely I want to like curl up in my bed and like cry a little bit it's just like <laughs> like like and like think and like this is like more of a like like open album where yeah, I yeah. can like I can like open my windows and throw it on my speakers and um hang out are you gonna try the drink um We'll talk after. Uh, okay. Yeah. No, I'm not going to try the the morning. Maybe glory. we should. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll just. Maybe we'll just. Yeah. Maybe that. If we do that, the album will
3: totally. No luck in the album. So I I I preordered the album the moment it went up for pre order yeah. on vinyl, and I bought the CD at the show. So I guess that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so you're going to buy it. Uh, I am.
0: Uh, I am also going to buy it, but it's not. It's a. It's a side thumb. <laughs> like, um, I mean, I. You're just trying to round out your wheelhouse. <laughs> you I, just to I make am. Sure it's I mean, all in there. look, they, I, I have uh, it after many, many hours spent with this album, it does all float into one thing, and I'm all about like experiential albums this year, and and this one is like if I'm sitting where you guys are sitting right now with the cats and just you know listening to this, like it's it's a nice little head trip, but I. Beyond that, I mean, I, I don't know how that applies to anybody but me. Like, that's, that's specifically my experience. So, um, yeah, you got to, you, you know, I, I'm not driving the van. I don't know who it is. <laughs> uh, I may be shotgun though. <laughs> Um But, yeah, so, uh, you know, recommended, but, uh, you know, buyer beware. It might not. Listen to it first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So. Uh, That is about our podcast for this week. Uh, Thank you guys for coming down. Of course. uh, Sorry we didn't have snacks this time, but uh, we can make chili dogs. Uh, (laughs) um, Next week, uh, it's going to be myself, Paul, uh, Andy Johnson, who's done some work uh, in in the hip-hop area. This is Lower Dens. No. Well, we're doing that. We're doing that. I was like, "What?" No, no, a no. waste and, to
4: talk about and, and and Marcus
0: Dowling uh going to be talking about the Kendrick Lamar record. I might come by.
2: Okay. Uh, I might I might actually just hang out. Um but we'll see. But oh, please do. Please yeah.
0: do. It's going it's going to be a fun one.
4: There will uh, be snacks.
0: There there will be snacks for that and then all the stuff. So, uh as usual, if you uh like what we were talking about today and like us in general, uh how do we get people to like Rate us on iTunes. Anybody any suggestions?
2: Please rate us on iTunes.
0: Does James Hetfield have any suggestions? (laughs) No.
3: You know. know, (laughs) Let's see. Let's see. Um, You Need to like turn off the make it make it just stay on so he's got it up.
0: Yeah. (laughs) How about this? (laughs) (laughs) How about this? If you if you rate us in. If you rate us in iTunes, there will be at least eighty four point five percent more James Hetfield on this podcast. <laughs> at least, at least. Yeah. So uh, you can do that. You can listen to us on Stitcher. You can download it from the site. Uh, keep an eye on the site for Matt's. I mean, you're just going to keep fucking nailing shows. Yep. <laughs> uh, if it's happening in DC, you're probably there. So, uh, and yeah, that is it. So we will talk to you next week. See you later.
5: I still hear guitar.
3: <laughs> oh.
5: Kenobi!